Well, hello and welcome back to Wittenberg Radio. Today is November the 4th of 2015. Happy November. My name is Nolan Kaler. I'm Daniel Friesen. And of course, you can always catch up with anything Wittenberg Radio at our Facebook page, Wittenberg Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Wittenberg Radio. And you can always send us an email of your comments, questions, favorite parts, least favorite parts comment on the timbre of my voice or the color of Dan's beard, wittenbergradio at gmail.com is the address to do that. Happy November, Dan. Happy Happy November. Happy New Government Day. Too. Happy New Government Day. Yes, today is the day that we get a new cabinet gets announced uh, by our Prime Minister designate. This is like, I'm excited to see what happens. He's promised a, uh, a new, ca- like a, well, first of all, a new cabinet, but a leaner cabinet one with fewer members as well as a gender balanced cabinet yes and racially diverse if yes, i remember correctly yes i believe you're right about that also this is really ex- like it it sounds really really good on on paper to say all these things but how do you think that uh maybe this will how this will pan out uh well it's hard to say i right, i well, think i think the point making a point of of appointing a, a gender and or a bi-gender diverse and uh racially diverse cabinet is mm. is good as long as um as long as everyone's qualified for uh, right for what they're doing which i i assume that they will be I feel like there's mm-hmm. enough enough people involved in or qualified for various positions to to have a qualified person in each position um but it does it does speak to kind of the the way about around which the new government is hoping to to run the country and not just you know look out for some of the interests that right. were themes in the previous administration that's the only thing that like gets that's the only thing that tickles my mind a little bit is that i wonder if like it this may be a a bit juvenile of me but like i i always like it just makes me wonder if there like there's all there's a possibility of just naming a cabinet as gender diverse and racially diverse as you can and then perhaps like maybe there's another person that's not qualified but then like maybe this person's name just be based on their gender that's the only thing that like crosses my mind yeah that's definitely uh definitely doing this doesn't relieve anyone of accountability they all have to st- you know uh the government still has to as a whole needs to follow through on on looking out for for you know women's issues and uh uh being accountable for for racial uh what's the word i'm looking for biases right whatever the right word is i'm looking for there you can't just can't just appoint a group of people and uh say oh now we've done our part and the rest of the time we can just do whatever you know um i i don't think i think it's it's okay to be cautiously cynical as long as you realize that you're doing that. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it remains to be seen, right? Like it, it's still, it's still early to say all these things, right? Just because we don't, we haven't seen anyone in action with that sort of stuff. We haven't seen what these people are going to do. Um, yeah. As I like to say, the future is full of potential. The future is full of potential. Daniel, I have a, uh, another thing I'd like you to weigh in on on this show um i just have to find my article <laughs> this is what we call this is nolan looking through 
his files. Yes, this is what we call Nolan. Nolan Googling. This is welcome to this week this week's segment of Nolan Googling. Uh, <laughs> he can't find it. It's a white screen, blue text, <laughs> some green text, black text. It says Google at the bottom of the page. <laughs> oh, Several dear. bookmarks in the bookmark bar. There's a lot of bookmarks. A I new have... page loads. Oh my gosh. Appears to be CBC News. It will be CBC News. Um but I can't find the one I'm looking for. Tell you what, if I if I read you if I tell you about the story. Give me a premise. So, you may know this. I'm sure you know this in fact, because I'm thinking you were there. But the Canadian Cyclocross Championships were recently held. I was there, yes. At the Forks in Winnipeg, in fact. Just a like a was it the last not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, right? It was the weekend of the 23rd to the 25th That's of the, uh, October. That's the one. And uh, the race was a success, um, I would ima- imagine. It seemed like people were having fun despite the rain and the... Yeah, I'd say the, by all run. accounts, the, the event was okay. a huge success. Um, lots of, there were lots of people there, yeah, even despite the, the less than ideal uh, weather for spectating on, uh, on the Friday... But um, yeah, the rest of the time there were lots of people out. People enjoyed, seemed to be enjoying themselves. The beer was flowing from the beer garden. <laughs> uh, you know, there's all all the vendors there were uh, showing off some cool new products. Uh, MEC was giving out free Belgian waffles, uh, and yeah, just some some good fun racing on a fun and challenging course. Yes, yes. So success all around. However. There has been a complaint that has come out of this event. Um, the course ran through uh, what is uh, the Udena Circle, which is in the Forks. It's a it's a space full of uh, sculptures and uh, yeah, and various sorted First Nations art. But because of the wet conditions and the mud, uh, the grass got torn up a, a little bit, and uh, some of some folks in the Indigenous community uh, launched a bit of a complaint about about this um am i how, how am i doing you, yeah, yeah i i know exactly what you're talking about yeah, yeah. if you spell guess, it out was, for uh, for yeah, those who I, are less yes. familiar so they lodged a complaint just because this is this is sacred indigenous land and it was torn up in this cyclocross race and reportedly the forks didn't do enough to to like ask their ask their permission ask their like say that it was okay and now they're claiming that uh, like the energy that was in this space is now gone and uh, torn up, and they'll have to perform some sort of a ceremony to like invite the energy back into the space. Yeah, um, the article which which you were trying to find, I did read Found that a it. while ago. Um, the the I believe it was just one person who lodged a complaint. Yes, her um, name is Jennifer Spence, I believe, uh, and she she equated this um, loss of energy or like kind of the level of disrespect that she perceived was uh, as if you you know held a bike race where uh you were riding through a graveyard at a church Mm -hmm. uh yeah i i feel very uh conflicted in responding to this this complaint uh and i I by no means speak for the whole cyclocross community Uh, i do know that there's been a significant amount of discussion on the the Canadian cyclocross or the Manitoba cyclocross Facebook group, which is quite active about, um, you know, how, what should be done as a result of this. And, and people have reached out to, um, to the, those who have were concerned to try to make amends or, or do whatever, whatever was, hmm. they, was necessary. 
Um, on the one hand, I I understand that you know this the event is being held on on sacred land and that you know as settlers this is land that is meant to be shared and <laughs> and that is ultimately stolen from the First Nations people. Um, the flip side of that is that um, this event, this Canadian Cyclocross Championships, this is the second year it has been held and the year before it was held, the provincial championships was held there. So, uh, and there were no complaints to my knowledge made in the two previous years that this event has been held. And the course, um, both those other times went through that area. Um, looking at the grass in the wake of the event, it's not so much torn up as just dirty. Um, this is all just, I'm not excusing right. their complaint. I'm <laughs> right, just of course. reporting objective. Yes. <laughs> what I have yeah, yeah, yeah. And that also the, the grass was not necessarily in perfect condition previous to the event being held there. So, um, well, I realize that that doesn't have anything to do with the energy that's lost. I guess, I guess I just really don't understand, don't have a frame of reference for understanding this, uh, mm. this concept of, of energy that they, they say is missing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't understand the distinction between why having a bike race through there is so much more damaging than say on Canada day when there's, you know, at least a hundred thousand people going through the forks, walking through the area and, and the grass gets trampled. I don't understand that distinction. Hmm. Um, and I'd be interested to find out wh what is the difference. What kind of efforts that you mentioned, some efforts that were being made to uh, reach out to the indigenous community of the Udena Circle. What what sort of um, ideas have been put forward in this Facebook group? Um, I think it was more just people people asking who have connections to the indigenous community, asking what what should be done. Like, should there be a representative from from this event or from the cyclocross community present at this ceremony? Or is there some gesture that should be made in, in compensation or an apology um, towards uh, the First Nation groups that are concerned? Uh, my understanding is that they said the response has been kind of, um, no, there's nothing that needs to be done. We just need to do our ceremony to restore uh, what has been, been lost here. Um, and that, that's about as as much as I know. Hmm. It's interesting conversation for sure. Um, speaking of, uh, it's of, uh, indigenous land, um, issues. We have one that we're also going to discuss today regarding the Kapyong barracks. There is a face to face conversation tonight in the Marpac commons being, yeah, that's where it's being hosted. It's seven o'clock admission is free head on down. And we are now going to speak to David Balzer about that event. Well, for those of you driving down Grant Avenue in a car on a bike and have wondered, hey, what's with all those abandoned buildings on either side of the street? Those are the Kapyong Barracks, formerly operated by the Canadian military and have been abandoned for a number of years now. And now the subject shifts to what to do with the land next. One idea is the is an urban reserve here in our city and a discussion is being held on the matter tonight at the Marpet Commons at 7 o'clock. We will have three separate panelists appearing there to discuss the issue and moderated by CMU's own David Balzer, Professor in Communications and Media, or can I say Instructor in Communications and Media? Assistant Professor. Assistant. Is... 
the closest that's to what the, I currently that's hold. That's the yeah. assistant professor in yeah. communications and media. Yeah. David Balser will be moderating tomorrow night's or tonight's discussion, I should say. And he joins us here live for a bit of a preview. Hello. Yeah, it's great to be here. Nice to be back. Uh, disclosure, you're like going to be, you're like our, you're our faculty overseer on this entire project. So now the interviews have to be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's accountability. Something. Now, now there's accountability. So now I feel like the pressure. I'm the silent partner. This the, is like the, the, the silent fan base. Why does this feel like the audit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, oh. Okay. So for those of you, for those who do not know the situation uh, regarding the Cap Young Barracks, give us a brief account of, um, of what they are and um, how this event came to be. Wow, how brief do you want it to be? Uh, do, you want to give, do you want like the 30 second sketch and then ooh. we'll go from there or 60 second sketch or I can give you a few few one-liners. Let's, give, let's go for uh, it, yeah. You know first, it's, first of all, just going back to tonight's event, uh, I get to co-moderate, yes. co-host it right. with Jamie Wilson. And the reason I point that out is just because I'm super excited about it mm. because <laughs> it, uh, it takes me back into, I'm getting closer and closer to talk radio mode mm. where I had a co-host and I love that style and format. Mm. And I just getting to know Jamie Wilson has been one of the highlights from our last uh, Cap Young event. And he's now joining us again. So uh, the thumbnail sketch, there's an interesting piece in uh, First Nations law that relates to treaty rights that says that when government land, federal land, is labeled as surplus, which Kapyong was, then there is a duty to consult, the principle mm. of duty to consult. So the, the court cases in Kapyong that we've been experiencing for the last almost, uh, well, eight years now, had to do with the fact that when the federal government was deciding what to do with Kapyong, they didn't first go and talk to the First Nations community. So that's what triggered the court case. So that's the thumbnail sketch of why we are where we are. Mm. So it has to do with treaty treaty land claims that when there is surplus land that the federal government owns and there are still outsta outstanding land claims, then there's a duty to consult, not necessarily a duty to sell to the First Nations, but a duty to at least have them in the conversation do you want this land? Do you want to develop it? Hmm. So we're actually, there is actually the writing of historical wrongs that is part of the backdrop to this conversation. Hmm. How like how appropriate for what we are doing at CMU this year and the, the growing attention uh, that student council especially has been giving to indigenous um, indigenous rights issues, which has been a really really fascinating fascinating journey. You've been mentioning these court cases. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been going on for eight years, and this is all centered around these. Like these not consulting. Uh, yeah, actually groups. deciding did the federal government consult? Yes or no? The court said no, they didn't. Right. Did they? So back and forth. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And recently, uh, the federal government actually did like officially cede that land. That's well. The, what they did is they said we're going to stop appealing the decision because right. they had lost in the courts, mm -hmm. and then they appealed it. Right. And said, well, we don't like the answer that you didn't that we didn't consult right maybe there's a different way to understand what the process was <laughs> so it was appealed and it was appealed twice right and so now in this latest move the government said we're not appealing any further so that now allows the possibility for the actual possible deal to be discussed and now we get to discuss what to do what are the next steps now that 
Right. So now we're in a place where First Nations and federal government are having a conversation about uh, does the First Nations community want to buy this land? Hmm. So now, and, and it's conversations like this that are going to help to, to decide that. Um, there's three panel members on mm-hmm. the conversation for tonight. Who is all on this panel and what are their... What are their backgrounds? So Chief Dennis Meaches, he is one of the seven bands that are part of Treaty One mm-hmm. that have the that are part of this duty to consult group. Hmm. So he is could be understood kind of as a lead player in the First Nations community. Right. He his band, the Long Plain First Nation, they developed a smaller urban reserve on St. James, which you drive by there probably a hundred times and don't realize it's it's a reserve right it's a gas station office building complex so he's been working at urban reserve so he's in the conversation because he's a key negotiator with the federal government at this point um then uh, andrew holtman is somebody that we got to know just by terry schellenberg literally went down the street to the tuxedo community center and said We'd like a resident from this area to be on our panel, and we started getting to know people. So Terry's mm. awesome. Like he literally <laughs> That's went. That's unreal. He literally went into the community and said, "We want to find somebody." And Andrew's that person. So we ended up talking to we, as in Terry, uh, CMU, ended up talking to the board of directors of the community center, and they said we're willing to be in the conversation. And Andrew's that person. So Andrew's speaking on his own. They wanted to make it clear he's not speaking on behalf of the entire association. Right. But he's a resident. He's actually had coffee at Folio uh, when he walked his dog here and uh, dropped in for coffee. And now he's going to be a part of the event. So he's a wow. a, a resident voice. And then uh, the uh, third person is Harry Finnegan, who was a former city planner. He understands the process. So how would you plan? Like, what are the steps when this kind of land in the middle of a city gets developed. Right. And there's all kinds of tricky, like little things that we have to like, (laughs) just a few, just a few, most notably, um, even quoting Dennis Meaches here, like if there was an urban reserve planted in there, like a plan that like a top priority would be to like widen Keniston Boulevard. Yeah. So the city of Winnipeg has had an interest for a long time to, to expand Keniston now you have land that is potentially owned by somebody else so the city would have to negotiate either with first the federal government and now in this case if the first nations community buys it then you would be negotiating with them right so that's why all of a sudden there's a keen interest the city has a keen interest in how this goes Mm -hmm. we've thrown the term the term urban reserve around a couple of times maybe we can shed some light on what maybe that looks like or maybe what that is that something that we're qualified to perhaps <laughs> exactly that was my next question um yeah I, I understand i mean in very very simple terms it's it's a piece of land that has governance based within the first nations community so there's a different property tax structure there's a different taxing overall of people residents there uh different structure for all of that so it uh the 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 simple idea is still that it is a like a reserve externally, but now it's in the city. And there are there are some in Canada that are emerging, hmm. not many, but there are some. Saskatoon has done a lot. Uh, the, the municipality has worked with First Nations, and there's a lot of interesting commercial 
business that are actually considered urban reserves. Hmm. So, like, yeah, that's really, really interesting stuff. Now, this is not the first time that we have held a discussion on what to do with the Cap Young Barracks mm-hmm. at this institution. Um, what was said last time at at this discussion? Like, where did, where did the chips sort of fall? I think in 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 basic terms, it's like we want to know more. Mm. <laughs> that's where the chips sure. fell. Residents were saying to Chief Glenn Hudson, "Do you have a blueprint?" He was saying, "Well." We're still at that point. They were still in the courts, right? Um, so it's not that we're a long, long way away from blueprints now, but there's a much greater chance that this is actually going to happen. So our interest, given that the Cap Young previous conversation said, "What's the process?" So that's where Harry. Like, how do we understand how you even make these decisions? Right. So residents wanted to know that. So we're trying to resource that question. Uh, and the other the other thing that came out of that conversation was, is there value in just looking at each other? And Jamie Wilson really encouraged us to CMU to say, look, nobody, this is the informal part of the process, right? There's a formal consultation and all kinds of things that may happen. We're just the folks on the ground trying to, help people be better neighbors and if we can we said like does it help for us to try to create a panel and create bring people together and jamie said look anytime you got face-to-face different groups together that's helpful Hmm. and he said actually as much he said he would like to have the first nations leaders hear the residents and he said there isn't formal opportunity to do that right now in in an easy way so we create an event he wants both parties, so to speak, to hear each other. And uh, almost as I almost sense from him as much uh, that that he thought it was e- equally, if not more valuable, uh, probably equal for the First Nations community to hear what residents have to say. So in a, in a sense, he's almost suggesting there might be two bubbles here. And can we can we bring them together? Hmm. So Cap Young, the first conversation elevated a lot of those questions. Right. We just need to do this more. Mm-hmm. And what is what's changed since last time is the fact that now it is out of the courts and now. Yeah, now you're back to that very first question from ten years ago. Right. Uh, who would like to buy the land? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I mean that's a real over. No, it's maybe it's not an uh, oversimplification. I mean we're back to now consulting about this land is available. Uh, First Nations have uh, a privileged place at the table to mm-hmm. decide if they want to. doesn't mean the federal government has to sell it to them, but now we're consulting. So there's actually a deal. We've been told, Dennis Meech has said, there's a deal on the table. Oh. They're actually nego- They're actually looking at a deal from the government okay. of Canada to say, do you want it? And here are the terms. Hmm. So that's pretty live. That's very different from where we were earlier. That's way different place yeah. than when we were earlier. What do you anticipate um, will be the questions that emerge out of tonight's debate? Um, I would I would think more of the same. I mean, what we're hoping to do is to say, are we willing to name very specifically our apprehensions and our hopes? Hmm. So I'm hoping we get to some of both of that and that people are willing. And, uh, you know, I had a call from a resident last week. She tracked down my phone number. She said, I was there last time. Here's my question. I want to know, is it worth me showing up? And I said, well, it depends on what you want to know, like what you are hoping for. 
but she said like if we if there isn't new information about the process or about how this is happening then I don't know if I need to come I said please come because the key leaders of this process are actually going to be there hmm. so I'm hoping that there is movement that way and and that really at the end of the day that that there's kind of an interesting conversation about neighbors like like imagine 160 acres being developed in in this pl- space i mean that's going to be neighbors for cmu as well as anybody else uh i think that could be really interesting hmm clearly like you, that that example you just illustrated like that's like there's there's feelings that like flow pretty strongly on this on this sort yeah. of issue how do you moderate something like that <laughs> well that's why i'm so glad i'm moderating with jamie wilson because <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> defer to him uh well as i as i usually say i uh i might be more willing to have a lot of emotion expressed than some people might feel comfortable with right in a sense of just naturally just because mm-hmm. i've been in that environment where I where I will jump in and I tell the audience I'm going to jump in if I sense that dignity and respect are are starting to to mm. to get lost here, and that's a that's a judgment call right like you may be offended much sooner Nolan than I am right. or vice versa on how somebody's treating somebody else, mm. but how do you moderate it? You listen like crazy. You. Uh, you wait for the breath in the person's sentence to jump in. <laughs> you know, I mean, literally, you try to. You don't want to try to talk on top of somebody, but at times, I mean, last in the last couple of events, I know uh, I I've literally jumped in and said, "Can you rephrase that?" And even restated something because I felt that it left a pretty strong stereotype or something on the table that that wasn't hmm. useful. Uh, speaking of dignity and respect, last time that one of these events happened, uh, there was an article written, I believe, by the CBC that uh, grossly misrepresented the overall tone and and outcome of, of that event. Do you have any kind of response to that or um, what how do you how do you anticipate that we could avoid something like that happening again? How do we control the media reporting? Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not control, but you know. No, Censor. you know what? I, I and I don't, I don't think it was the CBC, but I, I, I don't have it at the yeah, tip I'm not of my tongue. Sure about that. But there was an article that we felt, you know, that that just seemed to, you know, I, I've always been of the mind that if somebody really cares of, like, the good thing about it was that the whole presentation was online. Mm-hmm. So I, I literally, when people were responding to that, I would say, go and watch it. And, and, and make your own assessment. Like, how do we... Yeah, the article seemed to be looking for, which is the nature of news. We can, you know, as communication students, we could have a, another whole conversation <laughs> here. But uh, it's looking for the sensational dramatic. So the, the little bit of rub that was there in terms of people's hesitations around Cap Young, that was what this article latched onto and just kind of blew it out of proportion. And all the good connection that was happening somehow didn't seem to get represented Mm -hmm. i don't know if you can manage that in some way i mean i as a moderator i you know if they don't quote what i said in the way that i said it what are you going to do um i guess i'm less i'm less concerned about 
that because I think there's enough access to the conversation later mm. if there as a corrective if we need it. I'm more interested in did we achieve it in the event itself because mm. that's the place where we can it can get really ugly so to speak or it could be really awesome. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I know that's kind of pleading the fifth. Like I'm kind of saying, well, I don't, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but it was what, tough, can you, what can you tough do? Tough questions. <laughs> but I, I would say this. I mean, we, there. I do know that there were people who did, uh, and and that's kind of a behind the scenes accountability with the press, that people did go back and and challenge that view of the reporting, and I think that's part of the larger civil society the press in the mix we us creating events and when people do go back and go you know you're sure you got that right um that does help it, mm-hmm. it, it actually matters um it, it lets people know we are listening and we appreciate you reporting but we also want you to do that with a lot of care mm-hmm. so that that was a behind the scenes thing that happened that is like this. This conversation is, is scheduled like it's scheduled for tonight, as we as we mentioned. Um, can you just talk a little bit about the event? Is it accessible to us as students? Is it? Is it totally? Totally. Yeah, it's it's wide open. I mean, we've said it's a free. You know, just come and join the conversation. Um, the the a couple of days ago, I haven't looked today, but a couple of days ago, the Facebook just the Facebook event said there are going to be at least a hundred people there. Wow. So I'm thinking of Facebook just in that that uh, you know indicator uh it could be a pretty full house because mm-hmm. we've got a broader reach of people like andrew and the 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 community association that have been involved so it'll be a full house i think um please come be awesome <laughs> the invitation's there um last question to you david what, what have you sensed about the uh the cmu community and the discussion around the cap young barracks that maybe you've heard in the hallways maybe in intentional discussions um well i think uh to me it's uh there's there's a lot of positive affirmation of this kind of a project happening uh students and faculty i think are uh, many have an interest to say how do we how, how do we do this better you know, and that's right. a real big understatement for the long history of First Nations uh, living together, you know, as as brothers and sisters in this country. So this kind of feels like a really concrete way of going, hey, maybe we can get this one right or or at least just live together. Right. It probably isn't the best word, but just that we can do something together that's real tangible. It's right in our neighborhood. And let's see what we could make of it exciting stuff best of luck in the moderation thank you very much david balzer is an associate professor of communications uh, try again me- assistant assistant, assistant. <laughs> i don't even get i don't even get the benefit of editing crap david balzer an assistant professor of communications and media here at cmu and the red pen is out and david is marking us down oh for no that. that's and the, the last and the word. budget goes the down budget. no he joined it's not the last word he joins us here in studio to talk about his upcoming moder- co-moderation uh to tonight at the debate surrounding the discussion surrounding the cap young barracks in the marpet commons at seven o'clock admission is free yeah head on down so great to <laughs> chat with david balzer here on the show today about the cap young barracks you are listening to wittenberg radio i'm nolan kaler and, i'm daniel Fries. and that's uh, very yeah that's about all but we have to talk about uh, sports this weekend because men's and women's volleyball kicked off their seasons here at home on 
Saturday, Friday, Friday night, Friday night they were here. Uh, they were taking on the Assiniboine uh, Cougars, and uh, the women fell just short. Like it was a crazy match. The first match went to 28. Normally you go to 25, went to 28 points. That was insane to watch. They lost. Nail biter. It was a nail biter. They lost just barely. The men came out on top though. They took uh, down the Cougars in a 3-1 decision. Our basketball teams were also in action. Um, a bunch of a couple of losses there. Um, unfortunate. Uh, women's basketball lost uh, to the Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, what is it? Dakota College bot at Botno. That's what it is. Um, and suffered two losses in North Dakota this weekend. Men also fell short in North Dakota as well. But they'll get up on their feet, I'm sure, and get some get some balls to the basket and give 110%. And uh, every other sports interview cliche that play I play their imagine. game, they'll play theirs. That's right. That's right. So upcoming this week tonight, in fact, if you're not heading out to this discussion, uh, women's volleyball is taking on uh, University de Saint Boniface. Uh, that is happening. Women are at 6, and the men start at 7.30. What other events can we talk about here? I think that's pretty much all. So, anything for you? Um, No, there's... Uh, it's Pastor and Residence Week. Gosh. Pastor and Residence Week, yes. Kevin Dirksen Kevin is on Dirksen. campus this week. He it will be in the... Blau Rock hanging out uh, today from two to four, and in the folio from on Thursday from uh, nine thirty to eleven thirty. Drop by for some great conversation, and as always with the pastor residence donuts. Actually, it says cookies on this one. Oh what? Uh, they're they're throwing in a wrench, and there's only one pastor in residence this year. All right. Yeah, they're switching it up a little bit. So get your fix now. Cause... But go say hi to Kevin for sure. Um, yeah, hi Kevin. So that's going to wrap it up for us for Wittenberg Radio for this week uh, for November the 4th. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Daniel Friesen. And we'll chat with you next week. See ya. Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council. 